Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to episode three of the Been There, Done That podcast. We have a fun show in store today. And here's what's coming up. Here's what you can expect. We are going to recap the divisional round, right? We are going to go over all four of those games. We're going to talk about the winners, what they have, uh, what it means for them moving forward, and the losers, same thing, what they have coming up next, what there are, you know, some things to expect, look forward to in the offseason, maybe not look forward to, that might not be the right words, the right phrasing, but what what's next for them? Okay, we are going to preview the conference championship rounds. We're going to talk about key matchups. Um, and predictions and just what what's at stake for each one of these teams okay we're going to talk about this debate that's that's kind of taken over a lot of media sources media outlets over the last couple days this this new conversation of joe burrow versus patrick mahomes and you'll get to hear my take on that which i'm sure you're going to want to hear uh we're gonna we're gonna look ahead a little bit to the super bowl uh, with the announcement of the officiating crew for that game and again, more stuff, lots of fun, if you will, in, in that conversation because there's some crazy stuff going on. And then last but not least, for some of you, your favorite part of the whole show, it's going to be our weekly office quote, okay? And, and you're not going to want to miss that, obviously. So let's go ahead and jump right in to recapping the divisional round. All right, we have game number one from Saturday afternoon, Jaguars at the Chiefs, Okay. Chiefs come out victorious in this one, 27 to 20. Uh, one of those games, y- you could just kind of tell the Jags had, you know, they had a really good season, really nice season. Uh, in a lot of ways, they are almost a year ahead in terms of Trevor Lawrence being in year number two, and a lot of guys that they picked up in the offseason, you know, not through the draft, but just guys they signed. And a lot of times in that type of situation, it, it takes more than one year for for guys to figure things out and really start clicking. But, man, the Jaguars were a fun story this year. Um, but all that being said, they were just still not quite enough to match up or keep up with the Chiefs. And that's including the Chiefs' backup quarterback. You know, uh, as we know, Chad Henney came in, uh, which was really kind of the, the turning point in the game where it was like, you know, Patrick Mahomes gets hurt and and you're not sure what, what's gonna, what to expect with that situation. You know, he's, he's back in the locker room. Um, which, as we saw, he had no interest in doing that. He wanted to be in the game and play. And, I mean, obviously this guy's a warrior. But but we look at this point in the game when Chad Henney came in, it was pretty crazy. I mean, like I said, 98-yard touchdown drive in a crucial moment in the game where the Chiefs needed to, at the very least, get out of the shadow of their own end zone and and put somewhat of a drive together. And, and what does Chad Henney do? He comes in, leads him on a 98-yard touchdown drive, and, and scores. And they score a touchdown, right? And obviously on that drive, uh, Pacheco was huge with the, with a big run there at the end to get him inside the five. And Kelsey, once again, showing why he is, at the very worst, the second best tight end of all time. I mean, he's in a class of his own with other tight ends in the NFL. He, like, no one's even in the same discussion as Travis Kelsey. And he just continued to, to prove that this week. And uh, as far as just... I mean, the Jaguars, like I said, great story. But they, were ju- they just didn't have the firepower to match with what Kansas city has. And, and as far as when Chad Henney came in the game, you felt like there was a little bit of an energy shift where the Jaguars, you know, Mahomes leaves the game and their first reaction is like, Oh wait, Mahomes is out. Like, Oh, we have a chance now. Cause it kind of felt, you know, going into that, they were, they were aware. Like we know who Patrick Mahomes is. We know who the chiefs are. We know we don't realistically have, have a great chance to win this game. And so there was, there were a few minutes there 
after Mahomes got hurt, where it's like, man, he can barely turn around to hand the ball off. But and the Jags almost fed off that for a minute. And you hear the the announcers talking about like, oh, they're going to change up their defense, their defensive game plan. They're going to start coming after Mahomes. And, and and you felt the energy start to shift a little bit because the Jaguars had a, had a sense of like, man, we we can actually win this, right? And, and as we know, they didn't turn out that way because the Chiefs are still deep enough, you know, offensively and defensively, uh, that they were able to get the job done. And so, I mean, just a really gutsy win, as we like to say, a really gutsy win by the Chiefs where, you know, your your, your star player, your franchise gets hurt. He has, He's in a place he can barely turn around to hand the ball off. Uh, he's throwing off one foot, still throwing touchdowns. And the crazy thing is he actually got better. If I mean, statistically, his numbers were better in the second half, which is mind-boggling that he, he came back in in the second half. I mean, we, we all saw it. He could barely move. But his his numbers were somehow still better in the second half than they were in the first, which is it just speaks to who he is, the competitor he is, um, and it's yeah, there it's just you can't say enough good things about him, about the team, uh, also about Frank Clark. I got I got to single him out because man, th- he's gotten a lot of criticism in, with his time in Kansas City, and I think somewhat deservedly so throughout the regular season. You know, we're kind of waiting. Where's the shark? Where's Clark the shark? Where's he at? And for whatever reason, bright lights come on postseason. He is that guy, right? You look at, he's now, I believe he's tied for fourth or fifth all time in postseason sacks, right? He's like, I think he's one sack away from moving into third all time. Like Frank Clark, third all time in postseason sacks. And for whatever reason, he just, he shows up in the playoffs when he's needed most. And he had another outstanding game. Right, an incredible interception there by Jalen Watson there down, down at the end. Just a a great display of a team coming together and rallying around a quarterback who is essentially moving, just walking around on one leg. And it's why I love the Chiefs. And, and we we have all this talk about Mahomes is the team, he's the franchise, which is which is partly true. But at the same time, this is still a very good football team, very well coached football team, um, with all the potential even now still to be able to make it to and win the Super Bowl um, if they play their cards right. And and we'll get to, the, to that in a little bit. Um, but so Chiefs come out on top 27-20, uh, like I predicted. I was actually only three points off. I predicted 30-20. to 20. Chiefs would win. And so, again, not too bad. Not too bad of a prediction there. I think it's safe to say if Mahomes doesn't get hurt, they find themselves getting another field goal. And I hit the, the, the score right on the money. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep believing that. Moving on to game number two of the weekend. This was the Giants at the Eagles, right? There was, man, not really a whole lot to talk about outside of, I think, we saw the Giants beat up on some very bad defenses in the previous few weeks, okay? I mean, that includes the Vikings twice. That includes the Colts. You know, not too hard to look good against those teams at this point in the year. And the Giants' offense looked really good in those games. Then they they met the buzzsaw. <laughs> they, 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 they went to Philadelphia, who... Had a week off, coming off a bye. Jalen Hurts had some more time to rest his shoulder and get it healed up a little bit. But at the end of the day, the Eagles are just better, top to bottom. I think the you know I'm look just looking at the rosters they're side by side. The, the I think the only argument you could make for the better position group that the Giants have is the running back and Saquon Barkley. And outside of that, I think it's a, just a legitimate argument that the Eagles have the advantage at every single position and and they're well coached coming off a bye and 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 I think we got 
what we probably weren't expecting you know, a game of this blowout, like 38-7 to was the final score. I don't think anyone was quite expecting it to be that because the Giants had looked so good the previous few weeks. But I think this was a good resetting point, a good reminder for everyone of, like, the, this is the, who the Eagles have been all year until Jalen Hurts got injured. This is this is who they were. And I think myself included, we kind of forgot about that. We, we caught on, or we, you know, we latched on a little bit to the Giants and the hot streak they were on, how good they were looking even against bad teams. And so I thought it was going to be closer. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of people did too. But 38 to seven, really just a, a beginning to end domination by by the Eagles, and they look like a team that's going to be a tough out, regardless of how the next two weeks go or the next two games. You know, for the 49ers, and then if if the Eagles do go on to the Super Bowl, going to be a very tough matchup for whoever they're playing. But yeah, the Eagles last week, bottom line, they looked like the team. That, that started 9-0, and and that was at one point 13-1 before losing their quarterback. Um, and they are just a, a complete team um, with three future Hall of Famers, most likely, uh, on the on that offensive line. And, uh, you know, two for sure with, with Kelsey and, and Lane Johnson. And then, I mean, yeah, same thing defensively, just top to bottom. Just complete. That's I mean, that's really what it comes down to. They're a complete team. They deserve the win. They were the better team, start to finish, and it was just never even really a contest. And so there's not a whole lot more to add to that. Uh, it was a nice season by Dable and the Giants. You know, a good. It was it was good to see Daniel Jones, you know, improve this year under Dable, who I still think should win Coach of the Year. And uh, obviously, they still have a lot more work to do and to be where they want to be. But uh, it was a good season. You know, you can't hang your hat on it. Uh, or hang your head. That's the, that's the term I'm looking for. Don't can't hang your hang your head on that. Uh, it's a good season. Just got outplayed by a better team, start to finish. So I'll leave it there and um, move on. I, I did get the I did pick the game correctly. I did pick the Eagles to win, although I thought it was going to be a lot closer. Um, but yeah, we're going to move on to the Sunday game. And so yeah, Bengals at the Bills. Oh man, boys, there are a lot to talk about here. You talk about a game that was just dominated start to finish. I mean, that's that's what we saw here. And amazingly enough, of all the talk that we hear about in, you know, how the Bills are, they're from Buffalo. They know how to play in the snow. They're built for this. No, they're not. Josh Allen, he does not play well in the snow. He is an, in, an indoor player who plays better in a finesse type of, you know, good weather situation like man he might he might thrive in miami he might thrive in detroit somewhere where you play inside who knows but at the end of the day the Bengals. i mean again you talk about a start to finish just domination that's what this was i mean you could tell from the very first drive the Bengals just marched down the field like there wasn't even a defense there i mean jamar chase it was it's hard to be more open than he was as he just waltzed into the end zone you know and then to followed up with a Buffalo three and out, followed by another Bengals touchdown, and all of a sudden it's fourteen nothing. You know, I'm I'm in the kitchen heating up nachos. I come back to sit down, it's already fourteen nothing. You know, and and it's just the Bengals absolutely look like a force to be reckoned with right now. And you know, as a Chiefs fan, I'm kind of terrified. <laughs> I'll say it. Uh, this is you know, this is a very tough matchup for the Chiefs. And I'm, I'll do my best to hold off. I know we'll, we'll dive in more on these later, but the, just, that, that's just what was going through my mind as a Chiefs fan the whole game. I'm like, gosh, uh, what, what are the Chiefs? How are the Chiefs going to do this? But at the end of the day, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from the Bengals. They are absolutely 
I mean, they're such a good team. Very well-rounded. Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, should be getting way more looks as to be a head coach. I mean, this guy is unbelievable in drawing up schemes to, to slow down offense. I mean, holding the Bills to 10 points on, in their, on their home turf is outstanding. I mean, it's unbelievable, you know. Uh, but at the end of the day, the Bills, guys, for those of you who had been listening to me all year long, I've tried to tell you. I, I really did from early on. Even after the Chiefs lost to the Bills in October, ever since that game, the Bills have not been the same team. Right? They dominated some games early this year against some bad teams, and everybody thought they were the new juggernaut of the NFL. And people wanted to crown Josh Allen as the best quarterback in the league because he almost beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, right? Um, and so that's where we were back in October when when the big, the Bills beat the Chiefs. But guys, the Bills have just not been that good of a team all year long, you know? Like, sure, yeah, they're winning the games. They're beating the bad teams, barely. Josh Allen is turning the ball over more than any quarterback in the league when you combine interceptions and fumbles. And defensively yeah they lost von miller and absolutely that hurt but do you really think if von miller is on the field in this game he, he's he's a 17 point swing you think he swings the game that much i don't i think it maybe it might be a little more competitive you maybe a, a chance to get a, a few more pressures on burrow here and there but at the end of the day they just couldn't stop them i mean the bills as we know now they were frauds okay and i think it's also important to point out this whole potential Atlanta game, like if the Bills would have won, the game would have been in Atlanta. There's been, I mean, I've seen it on, on the internet. I've, I've actually heard people say it to me that the that the Chiefs were, you know, the, the system was rigged for the Chiefs to be able to get the one seed, whatever. Like, here's the deal. It was the only team it was rigged for, the only team that it benefited was the Bills. Because at the end of the day, we, we, saw, we watched this game. We all watched it. If this game were to play out, in week 17, if, if these two teams were, you know, if that game would have happened, I don't think it would be a whole lot different. I don't think it would end much different than this one did. Like the start of that game looked eerily similar to the start of this game, just with the Bengals moving the ball at will, going and scoring a touchdown. I, I don't think there'd be a whole lot different based on that, 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 you know, the week 17 game, especially because it was in Cincinnati. And, you know, if the Bengals do that, then the Chiefs are still the one seed. And the only different thing here was that the Bengals would have been hosting the game in the playoffs. Okay. And so I think of all the, the scenarios that could have played out based on the, the adjustments after week 17 is that the Bengals got the short end, short end of the stick where they should have been hosting this playoff game against a Buffalo team who really were the only team to get a legitimate benefit from the whole situation. Okay. And, and I, and I think, I don't know. That, that's I, I think we can just use this and look at this game and to be like, look at what the Bengals just did to them. There's no way you can tell me the Bills were going to go into Cincinnati Week 17 and win that game. There's just no way. Okay, and so I stand firmly on that. The Chiefs earned the one seed. They had the best record in the conference. Um, and, and the Bengals absolutely earned that that victory that they got going into, into Buffalo. And it, it says a lot about that team where... I, I, you know, they're using the chip on their shoulder of like, yeah, they got slided a little bit. They got the short end of the stick and they, they use that to their advantage. And, and, you know, as good bulletin board material of, you know, you got to sell back those Atlanta tickets. No, no game in Atlanta this year. 
sorry, Atlanta, you, you're missing out on another championship game. Sorry. Um, so anyway, yeah, there's a, I don't want to talk too much about the bills, you know, because I mean, per usual, they're, they're watching the important games from home. They just don't show up when it matters. Josh Allen played it, you know, the divisional game last year. Yeah. He played a great game, but he's just, yeah, he, he has a, a few great games in the playoffs. Um, but more often than not, he's just kind of, you wonder where he, where he's at, what's, what's going on. And that was another one of those games. And so he's going to be watching this one from home, just like last year. And, you know, once the season wraps up, we might dive more into issues the bill, the bills have, because believe me, it overjoys me to talk about how bad the bills are. Um, but there's plenty of other stuff to talk about this week, some more pressing matters. And we're going to get to that right after we talk about this last game of the weekend, the Cowboys at the 49ers, we had the 49ers coming out on top 19 to 12 man i uh i'll say this about the cowboys the defense looked really good you know micah parsons was neutralized a little bit by trent williams the best left tackle in the game um but the defense looked good they were really the first time it looked like for a whole game brock purdy had some trouble and it's not to say he played bad Um, But he had a few passes that could have been intercepted. Trayvon Diggs, you know, everybody loves talking about him as this top five corner, this ball hawk. I mean, he had a chance to swing the game for the Cowboys. You know, ball gets tipped right into his hands and he just drops it. Okay. And, you know, if you're a top five corner, you want to talk like that, then you got to catch that ball and give it to your team, especially when you have a quarterback who just looks lost. And I, I think that partnered with Mike McCarthy and his inability to coach and manage the clock and make good decisions at the end of a game is why the Cowboys are going home yet again in the divisional round is what it comes down to. Dak is just not that guy. It's, 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 it's that simple. You know, he just, he just does not show up in big games against good teams. This is, you know, we've seen this before and it's, I don't know why we feel like like we're surprised by this. We've seen this, okay? I mean, Dak, he looked lost and confused and was throwing the ball to the other team. And he really got away with a couple as well. It probably should have had three interceptions at least. Um, but he did not play well, as we know. And again, even with that being said, they still had a chance. They had the ball miraculously with about like 40 seconds to go, no timeouts and the length of the field to go. You know, at this point, Obviously, your chances aren't great, but you have 40 seconds to, to move the ball, what, 30 yards and get into at least a, a Hail Mary range, okay? Leave it to me to bring up the Chiefs, but the Chiefs last year had 13 seconds to go the length of the field to get in a field goal range, and they did it. So it's just kind of, I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm sure I'm somewhat spoiled by watching the Chiefs all the time, but the Cowboys couldn't even move the ball 20 yards to get into field goal range or not field or to get into Hail Mary range to even take a chance. And they failed to do that back to back years now where the, the late game execution is so bad. I mean, Dalton Schultz, not knowing the time, how, how the clock works, um, all these different things. It's like, man, this is a lot of this coaching that the, these, it doesn't feel like these guys are prepared for the moments, but then at the end of the day, the players just also aren't getting it done. All right, but again, enough about the Cowboys. Yeah, they didn't look good, but at the end of the day, the, the Niners' defense stepped up. They made big plays, and once again, they're very similar to the Eagles in that they their their roster is just loaded. All right, you've got all pros and you've got Pro Bowlers in every single position group, um, and so on both sides of the ball, they are dangerous. 
and a scary team, and it's going to be really a fun matchup with the Eagles. Um, I'm looking forward to it, right? And so, again, not not as a whole lot as much to cover with the Niners and Cowboys, other than the, the Niners were the better team, they were better coached, they were more prepared, and in all honesty, they had the better quarterback. I know that sounds crazy, seventh round rookie in his seventh start, whatever it may be. I mean, he was better. He just outplayed Dak. Simple as that. Not a whole lot of analysis needed. That that's it's just that simple. Um, it will be fun, you know, a few years down the road once we've moved on to be to go back and continue to look at some of these plays that Dallas runs here. That you know, the last plays of their season are right now. They're painful for Cowboys fans. I understand that. I have a lot of good friends who are Cowboys fans, and I feel for them. I really do. But, man, there is going to be a funny YouTube video or probably several YouTube videos of just these ridiculous plays that the Cowboys are running at the end of the games. I I mean, let's be honest. Come on. Let's be honest. I think the reason the Cowboys lost is because Zeke doesn't know how to block. He's just not a very good center. And I think that's the reason they lost. Don't you? You know? So, anyway... That was an interesting, funny play. I'm not going to put the loss on that play. That one's just you pull anything you can out of the hat and hope it hope hope you pull the magic trick out, whatever. But that's not what happened. And the 49ers won. So that moves us to the championship weekend, where we have 49ers playing at the Eagles on two or on Sunday at two o'clock on Fox, and then we've got the Bengals playing at the Chiefs at 5:30. Uh, in Kansas City on CBS on Sunday afternoon. Okay. So, as always, we're going to start in the order of how the games are happening. So we have the 49ers at the Eagles. Okay. As I alluded to before, these are really the two most complete rosters in the NFL. They are, man, two teams where, I mean, the GMs have done unbelievable of just loading the rosters with talent and two teams that realistically aren't going anywhere anytime soon. Just when you look at their cap situations moving forward, um, that the Niners have, I mean, both the quarterbacks are on rookie deals. Um, and so these teams aren't going anywhere. I think it's very possible. We see this is a, a, a preview of the next year's NFC championship game and the two best teams in next year's NFC, you know, uh, based on, like I said, the cap situation, and their divisional, like the divisions they play in, all those kind of things. And so as far as this game goes, I, man, I think the Niners do have the better defense overall. Um, I think Eagles have the better offense, some, some better weapons with A.J. Brown. And and Goddard's a nice piece. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I think in in a game like this that's so evenly matched, it, it's ultimately going to come down to the quarterback. And and believe me, I don't want to take anything away from Brock Purdy, who's been an unbelievable story this season, and and really most likely going to be the piece that the Niners move forward with next year, which is probably not what anyone was expecting, and probably not even Brock Purdy. You know, going into this season, if you would have said starting next year, we're going to have Brock Purdy as our starting quarterback because of how well he played this year. You know that would have sounded crazy, but I think that's an, that's a situation where we're at, um, and I do think I, I just think in this situation you have Jalen Hurts, who was you know in the MVP conversation until he got hurt, who is playing great football, surrounded by a great roster, and again a very good 
all-around team. I like the the running the all-around excuse me the all-around running game of the Eagles to give them the slight edge. You know, their team like if they get out in front, it's going to be it's going to be difficult for Brock Purdy to to come back and like that is a lot to ask of a of a rookie quarterback or really of any quarterback, but but when you, especially when you talk about I mean, how many times do I have to say it? A 7th round rookie quarterback going on the road in the NFC Championship game, going to Philadelphia, a, a crazy place to play like that. If you get down early, if if you look up at the start of the second quarter and it's already thirteen to three, you know fourteen six whatever, and you're already down two scores, I think that's a lot to ask of of that young man playing quarterback for the 49ers. And I can say young man because he's actually younger than me um, by a couple of years, which feels super weird. But that's where we are. I'm I'm all grown up now, I guess. But yeah, like I said, I I like this to be a a, a physical intense matchup back and forth but i like it to be clean i don't i don't see a whole lot of turnovers either way i think it's a clean game uh, field position kind of game and a few scores late you know to to kind of i don't know how do i say just going back and forth to to maybe look make it closer but i do like philadelphia to win this 26 to 23 all right so yeah field goal kickers are it's going to be they're going to be involved in this one with, with the field position, like I said. Um, but I do think Philly's just a little bit too much. I'm looking at the line here. Uh, as of right now on Wednesday, the Eagles are two-and-a-half-point favorites. So I do like them to cover um, and and win by one win by a field goal here. And so it's going to be, again, I think it's going to be a very good game, very good matchup, just good, solid, all-around football. You know, offense, defense, special teams, all three phases. Both teams are, are very well-equipped and, and are both going to be a tough matchup for whoever they're playing in the Super Bowl. But like I said, just slight edge to Philly based on their quarterback situation. And, you know, if, if Brock Purdy proves me wrong, I I won't be too mad. I think it's going to be quite the uh, quite the story. If Brock Purdy manages to get this done, um, it, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have, who knows, that'll, that'll, be, that'll be quite the story, like I said. If Brock Purdy can manage to do that, uh, I just don't think it, they're quite there yet. Just not quite, not quite there. But so, like I said, 26-23, I like the Eagles. Okay, now on to the AFC Championship game. All right, this one. Hmm, where to go with this one? Let me start here. Let me start with this. I mentioned this a little bit earlier. Of when I was watching the Bengals play the bills last week i mean and especially as the game finished up i was thinking i am legitimately scared to play the bengals i mean why wouldn't why wouldn't we be as chiefs fans the bengals have won three consecutive games against the chiefs in the, the past calendar year all right i know the the narrative is joe burrow goes in and beats patrick mahomes three times they don't actually play against each other it's joe burrow versus the chiefs defense patrick mahomes versus the bengals defense but i get the whole narrative is going to be Burrow beating Mahomes. Okay, and that being said, yeah, the I mean, like I said, the last three games, we know the Bengals have won three in a row. We we know the Bengals have the Chiefs number right now, but I think it's very important for us to to realize. Let's let's look at these games. We have, I mean, these games were all close. They all, I mean, they were all three point games. Every single one of them. Okay, you look at last year's AFC Championship game. 
the the Chiefs were up 21 to three at halftime. They had that game won, and for whatever reason, Patrick Mahomes just kind of short circuited, if you will, in the second half. And um, whether it was Lou Anaruma, whether it was the defense of of Cincinnati figuring something out and just confusing the heck out of him, or Mahomes really just, uh, as some conspiracy theorists like to say, threw the game on purpose because of how mean everybody was to to Brittany and Jackson. Which I like that one better. I kind of like to think Mahomes threw it on purpose to get back at everyone because that's that just makes so much sense that's just a great storyline for the nfl right uh, but no here's the thing every single game that these teams have played the chiefs as poorly as they've played have had the chance to win okay the chiefs think about this they've lost all these games but they have never trailed entering the fourth quarter of these games they they have been either tied or winning entering the fourth quarter of all these games right and they've they've trailed for an average of only 15 minutes of each game so they're like they are not spending too much time behind in these games like they're they're winning these games they're in them um, and something goes wrong at the end of each one of these games most most of the time it's turnovers right the first game we saw it was just the chief you know the game in cincinnati uh the first time this two played last year in the regular season jamar chase just went un i mean randy moss jerry rice on on the chiefs and had over 200 yards um second game afc championship game chiefs again like i said they had it won at halftime it was 21 to 3 and the chiefs just forgot how to play football for a half and the Bengals came back and won it, it still went to overtime right you think you look at the possessions it was like punt 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 interception field goal for the chiefs and then you go to overtime another interception all right so there, there's two interceptions there and then again the game they played in uh, this this past december the chiefs again they had the game. The, the huge play at halftime gave them some momentum. They had the lead going into the fourth quarter, and they they had a they were driving. Travis Kelsey fumbles the ball. Like on this drive, they they could have gone and scored a touchdown and gone up by ten points with with I don't know seven or eight minutes to go, something like that. And Travis Kelsey fumbles it, and the Bengals obviously they get it and turn around and go score, and and you know Bengals end up winning by three. That throw in a mixed or a missed kick by Butker there as well. And the Bengals have won all three of these games on Don't get me wrong, they're playing well. They 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 are the better team in these games. But it's because the Chiefs are beating themselves in all of these games. It is what it's it's coming down to of I you know, maybe the first game you could say the Chiefs were just a little bit unprepared for Chase, that's fair. But I think there's it's you look at the last two games, there's no way you can tell me like the chiefs are beating themselves against the Bengals. Okay. And that's, that's what this comes down to. Can the chiefs take care of the ball? Right. This is one thing I've noticed this year of like, whenever the chiefs turn the ball over, like that's when the defense kind of falls apart. Almost. It feels like when the chiefs turn it over, the defense almost feels obligated to let the other team score where it's, it's like, you know, you don't have to let them score. You know, you, you're allowed to stop them if you want. And for whatever reason, the uh, the Chiefs defense feels the need to <laughs> just allow a touchdown every time the Chiefs turn the ball over, okay? And so I, I don't love that part of it. But if the Chiefs take care of the ball, like they're they're going to move the ball. We've seen this from them. The Chief, they're the number one offense in the NFL in terms of points, in terms of yards, in terms of first downs. Uh, really, any metric you want to look at, the Chiefs are the best offense in the league. Okay, they're going to move the ball. They're going to put points on the board, right? And as good as the Chiefs' defense has been, and they, they've gotten better, believe me, and, and I'll share some more about that soon here in a minute, the Bengals are going to do the same thing. They're going to move the ball. They're going to score some points. 
And as we've seen with all three of these games, it's going to come down to who takes care of the ball better, who 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 makes the less the least amount of mistakes. And in all three games, the Chiefs have made the most mistakes, and a handful of them unforced, right? And and I I, I see that type of game again here, of just the I man. It's going to come down. To, is Patrick Mahomes protected? Is he taking sacks? Is he throwing interceptions? Are we, you know? Are, are the fumbles happening? Is Travis Kelsey fumbling on a potential game-winning drive? Are the Chiefs dropping interceptions? Whatever it may be, uh, is Harrison Butker making his kicks? It's going to come down to, do you play fundamental, sound, mistake-free football? And if the Chiefs do that, they can win. Now, will can they do that? That remains to be seen. You know, And, and obviously, the, the, big, the biggest storyline of this one is Patrick Mahomes with the ankle. And, yeah, that's scary. It really is. It's... Uh, because obviously one of the arguably maybe the most important part of his game is his ability to extend plays, right? When nothing's there immediately, he'll he'll leave the pocket and extend plays and make these magical, you know, throws, these plays, different things he does when he's running. And so you can't help but wonder, man, is he going to be able to do that with a high ankle sprain? Because in reality, a lot of times when guys get a high ankle sprain, sometimes they're out for the season. Like Ryan Tannehill hasn't played all season. He missed the last like six weeks or what, something like that. Okay. Some, some guys miss, I mean, months at a time because of this injury and Mahomes is coming back the following week. And, and from everything we're hearing, it's not the most severe high ankle sprain. Okay. And I think that's, you, you can understand that when, you know, you come back in the game and finish the game, which like I said, he's, he's a warrior for that. Um, and he's one of one for that at QB, but you know, it just, it, it, this is where this is where we go with this. If he's not to be, if he's not able to be the most mobile, you know, outside the pocket, scrambling, making magic happen kind of quarterback, it falls on the offensive line. It, this game is going to be about who wins the battle in the trenches, both on offense and defense. Okay, with with Mahomes, you know, when they're on offense, this is this has been a great offensive line uh, as of right now. Like the last month, month and a half, they have been one of the probably the five best offensive lines in football. They've done a great job of protecting Patrick Mahomes. And and I think you felt that last week of when Mahomes got hurt, I wouldn't even necessarily put it on the offensive line. It, it's just one of those kind of freak things that happened because it was after he got rid of the ball, after he was extending a play. But the offensive line almost had this like mindset switch. This it almost flipped a switch in them of like, no, we got to play better. We got to step it up. Our quarterback got hurt, and that can't that's not okay. And they flipped a switch and just protected so well the second half. And I think that's a big reason why his numbers got better. Okay, and so yeah, you know, the Bengals have a have a solid front with, with Trey Hendrickson, um, and DJ Reader, Sam Hubbard. These guys are solid pass rushers. Um, very good up front. And it's gonna be a matter of can the Chiefs protect Patrick Mahomes? Um, that, and you know you can say this about any game all season. It's won and lost. The games are won and lost in the trenches, but this the, the importance here of of this game in the trenches is just heightened so much because of what's going on with with Patrick's ankle. You know, and then look on the flip side. Every time the Chiefs play the Bengals for whatever reason, they just can't seem to get pressure on Mahomes or sorry on, on Joe Burrow, and it makes it very difficult. And um, you know, to, to, when you can't get pressure on Joe Burrow, he, he's going to find his receivers. Like this is the best receiving core in the league, and I don't think it's really that close. 
um, some guys like they have two number one receivers, and, and Tyler Board would be a, Tyler Boyd would be a number two on just about any other roster in the NFL, All right? And so he's got these weapons, and and part of the game plan is to get the ball out fast, right? You look at he, he does a lot of what Tom Brady likes to do in terms of just drop one, two, three, drop back, get rid of it. We're not even going to give the defense a chance to get to him, okay? And I think that's where the the, the defensive backs come in. Of can you? Can you stay with the receivers for three seconds? Can you stay with them for three seconds, and give time, like give Chris Jones, Frank Clark, uh, Carlos Dunlap, George Karloftis, these, these guys who have come in the the last two months and been one of the best pass rush units in the league, uh, to the point of they've gotten to number two in the league in sacks. Of if you put pressure on Joe Burrow, your chances to win go up so much but if joe burrow is throwing from a clean pocket i don't think the chiefs are going to win the game and so i on again both sides of the ball you're looking at um, who's on the line and how the how the line's playing and for the for the bengals they're missing three offensive linemen potentially and, and so that's why it's so important like the chiefs have to be able to win this matchup and that and that's that was really the story of the, the bengals and the bills game of the bills Offensive line has not been good all year, and their defensive line couldn't get any pass rush on Joe Burrow. He did whatever he wanted. And so that's the story of the game. It's as simple as that. That's the story of the game. Can the line protect Mahomes, and can the D-line get to Burrow? Right? I don't want to oversimplify, oversimplify it too much, but that's what it is. That's what, that, that's what it comes down to. Okay? And so I, uh, man, like I said, I, I'll be honest with you guys. I have actually never been less confident going into a game. Like, since Mahomes showed up in Kansas City, there has never been a game I've gone into in my mind thinking, like, yeah, I don't think the Chiefs are going to win this one, right? Like, that's what my gut is kind of telling me, though. Like, in all honesty, all things told, just based on the, what I've seen from the Bengals against the Chiefs, my gut is is just telling me the Bengals are going to win, okay? Now, that being said... I, uh, you know, looking at, I've been pretty good with the Chiefs' score predictions. At least last week, I, I only missed it by three points. So that, you know, you put that together with the way the Bengals are playing. You know, they're riding high. They're they're starting to, you know, their their guys are starting to call it Burrowhead Stadium. They're, you know, Eli Apple is going rampant on Twitter, talking just talking so much smack. Uh, they're flying high. They're they're even becoming favorites. You know, they're on the betting line that right now they're as I, as I speak right now they're one point favorite. Okay. All that being said, Chiefs are winning this game. Chiefs are going to win thirty to twenty four. I'm giving myself three points of wiggle room because apparently I I, I can I can get within three points, and so I'm calling Chiefs are going to win this game thirty to twenty four. They're going to figure something out. Uh, Pacheco's going to have a great game. Okay, Lou Anarumo is going to drop eight guys into coverage like he like he normally does, and Andy Reid is going to say, you know what? I'm going to take what the defense has given me. I'm going to run the ball, and Pacheco is going to have a huge game. McKinnon is going to have a huge game, and they're going to run the ball, and they're going to finally get over this hump of not being able to beat Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Chiefs 30 to 24, lock it up. They're going back to the Super Bowl. Okay. That I'm not biased at all. That's just my true, honest analysis. There's no bias there. Seriously, no bias at all. Um, but seriously, guys, I, I'm going to put it as my official prediction: Chiefs are winning 30 to 24. Um, because what kind of a Chiefs fan am I if I pick against them? You know. So there you have it. There's your prediction. I've got Eagles playing the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Um, and so let's talk about that for a second. 
this the Super Bowl just really really briefly. It was announced yesterday. The NFL announced that Carl Sheffers um, is going to be the referee in the Super Bowl, which is, I mean, it makes my head hurt. It, I, it just makes me like sick. I, I don't even. For those of you who aren't aware, who don't keep up quite as much, Carl Sheffers, he was. Let me give you some history here, okay? Going back to the 2016-2017 season. All right, Carl Sheffers is the referee in the divisional round game. Uh, Chiefs versus Steelers. Was it divisional? It may have been wild card. It was a playoff game back in, in 2017 of January 2017. Chiefs played the Steelers, and there was a a play at the end of the game where the Chiefs scored, but they threw a flag and called a, a hold on Eric Fisher. That it was questionable. It was probably a hold. But it was questionable, and the Chiefs ended up losing because they couldn't score after the after the penalty. And after the game, Travis Kelsey had a lot to say about the officiating, and he said about Carl Sheffers, he's like, man, he shouldn't be a ref. He he couldn't even work at a Footlocker. And I tell you what, guys, ever since that moment, Carl Sheffers has had it out for the Chiefs. All right, you, I mean, this is this is just statistics. You look at these numbers. He in the he was the referee actually in the Super Bowl. Chiefs versus Bucks, and what do you know? What happened? The Chiefs set a record for penalties in a half of a Super Bowl, like eight penalties, and they ended up at the by the end of the game. I think they had eleven for 130 yards, compared to I believe it was four or five for like 30 yards against the Bucks. Um, you know, so there you go. There are those numbers. Uh, I don't want to get too much into that Super Bowl. Maybe we'll do a show on that sometime of how bad the officiating was in it anyway he was a referee for that one he was also the referee twice for the Chiefs this season first one he was in the Raiders game which was the game Chris Jones sacked Derek Carr he actually forced a fumble Chris Jones had the ball in his hands as he fell on top of Derek Carr at the end of the play and he got uh, roughing the passer called on him while the ball was in his hands Okay, uh, what are we doing? Chris Jones had the ball. It should have been called roughing the tackler. Like that is that the new call? Chris Jones strip sacked him, had the ball in his own hands, in his own hands, and fell on Derek Carr. Just can't even talk. It gets me worked up. He fell on Derek Carr and got a flag thrown on him, and it was ridiculous. The whole, I mean, the entire league, really. I mean, all over the national news the next day of how ridiculous of a call that was. It got to the point, Carl Sheffers is, by the end of the game, his voice is cracking, talking to the crowd because of how much he's getting booed and how much he knows the Chiefs fans hate him. Okay, fast forward to the game against the Texans. Okay, it's the one game all season the Chiefs had double-digit penalties. And, I mean, they went, I believe it was 10 for 110 yards, something like that, something huge, where, again, this is a game, Mahomes got slammed to the turf by Malik Collins. I mean, just... If if it were Tom, if it were Tom Brady that were thrown to the ground, Malik Collins would be banned from the NFL for life, right? He he'd probably be doing twenty five years in prison, but he threw Patrick Mahomes to the ground in a violent way, and nothing was called. There was no flag, nothing happened, and I mean, there's just guys. I tell you, he Carl Sheffers in the two games, including the Chiefs playoff game, of all the games from the two that he's refed. He is responsible for 17% of the Chiefs' accepted penalties and 20% of the penalty yards. How does that happen? In two of the Chiefs' 18 games that they have played, one, one like 
two of those games have accounted for one-fifth of the penalty yards because of this guy, how much he has it out for the Chiefs, okay? And so I just want a little rant there about how ridiculous it is that Carl Sheffers is refereeing the Super Bowl. And, and it's it's funny that it worked out this way because he is, you know, every single season, one of the league leaders, him and his crew, in terms of throwing penalty flags. And the NFL, the way they, they choose the Super Bowl ref is who's the highest-graded ref. And in this situation... He is the Super Bowl ref because of how many times he th- like how many times he's throwing the flag, and based on the the grading system, the algorithm the NFL has, that's a good thing. They're encouraged to throw all these flags, and, and get better grades for it. When at the end of the day, all we talk about is how we wish the refs would quit taking over the games and quit controlling the games, quit throwing flags, but they still have the system in place where they're rewarding these awful referees because all they want to do is make sure they get some camera time, throw a flag, and, and carry out their vendetta against specific teams. And I, and I know the, the other thing about it is the Eagles also have had some issues with Carl Sheffers in the past too. And so if we have a, a Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl with Carl Sheffers as the referee, you know what, maybe it'll even out. Maybe, who knows. But anyway, I had to get that rant in. I think it's a travesty. I think it's ridiculous that Carl Sheffers, one, is an NFL official, but that he's allowed to work at Super Bowl because he – he figured out how to rig the system and just the more flags you throw, the higher the score is going to be. Let's let's what a great idea. So anyway, something to look to, you know, something to be aware of moving forward. Um, and again, I know chiefs have to win before we can even start considering that. But at the end of the day, if the chiefs win this one, they're going to have two opponents in the super bowl. I said it and, and I, and I'll stand on it. I'll be the one to, to talk about officiating even though we're all thinking it, but we don't want to say it because we don't think it looks great. I'll be the one to say it. I don't care. Um, it's frustrating. But I'm going to move on um, so my blood pressure doesn't keep going up. Uh, the last thing I do want to talk about, it's probably going to get my, my blood pressure back up, is this this new debate all over TV, all over these, these talk show people. It's a new conversation about Joe Burrow versus Patrick Mahomes. Who's better? Guys, this is insane. Okay. Not taking anything away from Joe Burrow. He is unbelievable. He is the second best quarterback in the league, and there's not really a debate for it. He is what everybody thought Josh Allen was. He is the second best quarterback in the league. He has he looks like he plays like Tom Brady played in his prime of just really making the right decision, just situationally so good, so smart, makes the right throw. He doesn't doesn't really ever miss throws. And he makes the right decision, hits the open guy. And he's just got that swagger, you know? He's got it. But guys, he is not better than Patrick Mahomes. Okay? He's just not. Right? We've we've all been watching. We've been watching these games. It, it's not Joe Burrow head-to-head against Patrick Mahomes. It's Joe Burrow against the Chiefs defense who just are usually not very good. And it's Patrick Mahomes going against a Bengals defense who is usually really good. And Lou Anarumo, a great defensive coordinator. Right, like I've heard some good comparisons this week. Well, I think one of my favorites is like going. We look, we look back. You know, we'll we'll throw it back to the the late '80s, early '90s, like when when the Pistons. You know, we saw Michael Jordan couldn't get past the Pistons. Like nobody was saying Isaiah Thomas is better than Michael Jordan. Like we we have eyes. We can watch the game. Like the Pistons had a better team for those for a couple of years. Michael Jordan was obviously the best player in the game. Okay, that does not, you know, and, and I think we're having a, a similar situation here, right? 
I mean, think of another example. Like, do you have, I mean, when the Warriors were beating the Cavs in those four years, especially when they had Kevin Durant, nobody's saying Kevin Durant is better than LeBron James. If you are, you know, hit me up sometime. I would love to explain to you why you're wrong. But nobody, like, no realistic thinker is, is saying LeBron James or is saying Kevin Durant is better than LeBron James. Like, we have eyes. We can watch the game. We can see Mahomes has multiple times in his career thrown for 5,000 yards. He threw for 50 touchdowns. He's got an MVP about to get his second. He's won a Super Bowl, a Super Bowl MVP. He's been to two Super Bowls, okay? We got to pump the brakes, all right? Patrick Mahomes is, without question, the best player in the NFL, best quarterback in the NFL, and there's really not a discussion for it, regardless of what happens in this game. Even if Joe Burrow goes in and wins again, like, I'll tip my cap to him. He, he's 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 becoming he's getting closer to that mark, but he is not a better player than Patrick Mahomes. Okay, you got to look at the weapons he's got on his team. Look at who he's throwing to, right? He's got three elite options to throw to. And Mahomes, obviously, Travis Kelsey is in a class of his own. But when you're game planning to cover one guy versus when you have to game plan to cover three guys, it is a completely different ball game. Okay, so I don't want to hear it. It's a ridiculous argument. Um, Joe Burrow is awesome and a clear-cut number two best quarterback in the league. And he's also you know, significantly ahead of Josh Allen, as we saw last week, um, who just doesn't seem to want to show up for big games. But anyway, I had to get that in there as well, okay? Um, because I think it's important we establish that. So whew, take a deep breath, Ben. You're going to be okay, all right? This, none of this is life and death, by the way. I just think, I feel very strongly about all this. Um, and I just, I want you, the listeners, to, to understand where I'm coming from. Patrick Mahomes is QB1. And um, I think we're going to have an Eagles-Chiefs Super Bowl. All right, We're going to have the Kelsey Bowl, which I think is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to make for some, for some good content on the New Heights podcast, if you're a, a listener of that. Um, but guys, that's going to do it. For this week, okay, um, I'm going to go take some ibuprofen um, as I, I can't talk about Carl Sheffers or this mahomes Burrow debate for too long without getting worked up. So I'm going to go take some ibuprofen. I'm going to meditate, you know, say, say some prayers, spend some time with the Lord, and uh, we'll move on. But I, seriously, guys, all, like, all jokes aside, I, I, I'm excited about this weekend. I like the, you know, how the Chiefs, I almost like how they are on an underdog now, right? Well, a few more things about this game I got to add in, okay? And the initial line when it came out was Chiefs minus two and a half, okay? Chiefs were favored by two and a half points when this, when it first opened up. And the the public was just putting all the money into Cincinnati. And so we've seen the line move all the way back to, to Bengals two and, minus two and a half, to where they were the new favorites. And this wasn't because of something with Mahomes' ankle. This is like, if, if Vegas learned new information about Mahomes' ankle, about how he was, how limited he was going to be, you'd, you'd see a four or five point jump immediately. But, but what we've seen is it's going one point at a time, almost hour by hour, to the point it got to Cincinnati almost being a whole field goal favorite in Arrowhead, right? Which is kind of crazy. And it's just because it's, it's the public betting on the Bengals because of the way they're playing right now. And rightfully so. You know, um, so all that being said, Chiefs, as of right now, as we speak, are one point underdog at home, according to Vegas. And that's never happened to Mahomes in the playoffs. He's never been an underdog in the playoffs in his career. 
And so that with with a busted ankle, um, I'm actually going to lead this into my office quote of the week because I think it ties in pretty well. Okay, this one comes from Andy Bernard, where he says, "I'm always thinking one step ahead, like a carpenter who makes stairs." Okay, let me tell you guys what's going on. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, the whole organization, they're thinking one step ahead. Okay, I'm not saying they got his ankle hurt on purpose, but I don't think. Okay, I'm not a doctor. I don't think his ankle injury is as terrible as it's being made out to be. If anything that Andy Reid's telling us is true or the doctors are telling us are true is that it's not the most severe high ankle sprain. And so what I think is happening is the all the money is being bet on Cincinnati to win this game. But Mahomes is, is still going to be Mahomes. He may, he's probably going to be 85-90% of his normal self, which I think is good enough. If if the Chiefs play mistake free football, it's still to be the to, to be the Bengals, and I think the the Chiefs have been thinking one step ahead, like a carpenter who makes stairs this whole time, and and getting the public all bought in on Cincinnati, right, and letting the Chiefs we're gonna we're gonna be the underdogs in our own building, we, right? We've hosted five straight AFC Championship games, and we are the underdogs in our own building, okay. Which that reminds me, you guys. I gotta add something else here at the end. I know I keep going on these rants. Uh, I'm in a I'm in a mood today. But the Chiefs have hosted five straight AFC Championship games. Do you even do you even understand that? Okay, Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, the starting quarterback for five years. In those five years, not once has he not hosted the AFC Championship game. Right, he has never not hosted the AFC Championship game in five seasons. He's already tied Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Manning for for conference conference championship game appearances in his career, and it took him five years. He did it in the minimum amount of time he could. I mean, we like look beyond any referees, any Joe Burrow, any Josh Allen, anything we like to talk about. I mean, we as Chiefs fans have got to appreciate Patrick Mahomes. I mean, we are in the golden era of Chiefs football, and like five conference championships in a row has only been done. Two other times in NFL history, once with the John Madden Raiders did it five times in a row, and the the Patriots with Brady throughout the the 2010s did it eight times in a row. And at no point has it has have all five games been at home. So the Chiefs are like in historic territory, and and so I just I needed to point that out because it's it's incredible, you know it really is, and we are we are really in the golden era. Of Chiefs football, okay. So let's not take that for granted. Um, and I, I mean, I'm just so happy we have that guy on our team, truly. So, looking forward to a a fun weekend of football. I mean, conference championship weekend doesn't get a whole lot better than that. Um, hopefully, the Chiefs can finally figure this out and this thing they got with the Bengals. And hopefully, we uh, we talk again next Wednesday, prepping for. Super Bowl appearance number three for Mahomes and the the boys, right? So that's all I got for you today. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Um, I had fun. I I, I know I got heated there. Thanks for for sticking with me. Um, Looking forward to this weekend. Looking forward to next week. Until next time, go Chiefs.